Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guest today is Steve Sellenrick, and Steve is the president of Sellenrick Construction in Jonesburg, Missouri, but I know they reach far outside of Jonesburg. So Steve, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Lynn. Tell us a little bit about Steve and how you got into business and what Selenrec Construction is and does. Yeah, Selenrec Construction was actually formed in March of 1979 by my father. He was working for a big utility contractor and did not want to be corporate, so he formed Selenrec Construction. A little two-crew operation, and it ran that way for a long time. And then in about 1990, I would have been 11 years old, I went on my first job site. Good for you. I'm past the statute of limitations. Tell me about your first day. (laughs) I learned a lot about my dad the first day. (laughs) Growing up in a family business, uh, my father Bob wasn't around a lot. He was running the jobs. I mean, we worked with him at night and stuff, keeping equipment going. And like I said, I started locating cable when I was 11 years old. So I've been Mm -hmm. on the job ever since. And obviously... You have more than two crews now, so it's just continued to grow. Yeah, is your dad's was your dad turned over the business to you all, or how, what's that situation? Yeah, dad actually he did turn over the business to me and my brother and my sister, and officially in two thousand nine, out of ownership, and then um, he worked up until about two thousand fifteen or sixteen. He's still here every day, does exactly what he wants to do, but he's not as part of the operational part of the business. He does bidding. Uh, go look at a project, need something done, that kind of thing. God bless him. So you've been running the company now since then, and how big are the crews now? What's your reach? I know you've expanded far beyond the two crews. <laughs> yeah, we got Selenric Construction, then we got Selenric Energy, and then Utilisource, which is an, in, which is an engineering business, and GS Mapping and Utility Locating, running approximately 270 employees as of today. All over the state, all over the Midwest, how far? Uh, all over the state, and we do inspection work in six states right now, and we're doing mapping, GS mapping, with the national organization, and we're working in probably 22 other states with that. Now, I know you're very involved at the national level. You Before we started recording, you were talking about a trip to Washington, D.C. Tell me about your national connections. I'm on the uh, I'm former president of the Power and Communications Contractor Association. I'm still on their board as a president of their foundation now what is that what is the pcca how many folks belong to that and how does that work it's 120 of the biggest uh, utility contractors in the country on the power and communications side so you've got the Quanas and you've got hinkles and mccoy miles Techs, those kind of companies all the way down to family-owned operations of guys running 35 to 40 guys and what does pcca do what are they engaged in uh we do a lot of work with rus the fcc Department of Energy, Department of Labor. Uh, we work with AGC on national level when we're in D.C. About six years ago, I started going to D.C. 2015, yeah, so six, seven years ago now, making six to eight trips a year. Mm-hmm. We developed a very good relationship, 
and our whole thing at that time was to get the speeds up on internet and then we found all these other stuff so now we work with about 14 other organizations like the agc dca the distribution contractors of america is one of them the uh American Trucking Association, just different ones trying to get them to work together, Mm -hmm. which I think is a big deal for all these organizations. What are some of the big issues that you're working with? You said you started with Mm -hmm. uh, the whole internet capacity. What what are you working on now? Uh, We're still working on the uh, internet, of course, and getting those speeds up with all the money that's coming out and the broadband issue. But now we're working on the uh, infrastructure issue. We worked with everybody on it to get them all to work together. Everybody had their different things they wanted in there, and we just tried to get everybody, you know, we'll sign on to, you know, something that the National Electric Co-ops needed, let's say, mm-hmm. and work with those guys. Uh, one of them was dropping the uh, age limit down to 18 on interstate trucking. We've worked on that issue. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense if a guy can drive from St. Louis to Kansas City and back in a day loaded, but he can't go from St. Louis to East St. Louis. Got it. He can't cross the bridge. I mean, it's just there's no common sense when it mm-hmm. comes to that. So we uh working on that kind of issues. Also working on uh, Department of Labor issues with Davis-Bacon, trying to figure that thing out. I'm trying to think what else we've worked on. We've worked on tax issues. We've gotten involved in that now. It becomes a lot more. You also just did a big survey, didn't you? PCCA did a big survey about 811 and one call and how that yes. system is or isn't working nationally. It's been interesting. Yeah. We've, uh, We've got some states that are upset with us because they didn't rank well. And that survey, we can publish it online, is a a utility survey on what we think is wrong. There's about $60 billion worth of waste a year in the uh, utility locations. $60 billion with a B. With a B. And Missouri's got got quite a bit of that, about $1.5 billion, I believe, is what Missouri's was. $1.5 billion of waste in Missouri. And how does that waste occur? It occurs from downtime, like if a locate doesn't happen, and you send your crews out there, we're counting that downtime in it. We're counting downtime of a mislocate and a hit. We're counting downtime of a locate that was correct and we hit it, and that kind of stuff. That's where we're seeing the waste at. And Missouri is basically in the bottom tier of states on this, aren't they? The bottom 25 percentile, yes. Wow. What can we do or what should in your world, AGC or Missouri do to try to fix this? We need some mandatory reporting. you got to report gas and electric hits, but we don't have to report on in Missouri. But we don't report on water, sewer, or um, telecommunications, fiber, coaxial for cable TV, that kind of thing. When you say we don't report, the contractors don't report? The contractors don't have to. The, the locating companies don't have to in the state. It's not mandatory for those. For gas and electric, it's mandatory through FERC. But for tight, tightening that up with those other three would make would, it better. Would help eliminate some of that waste. It would help eliminate some of the waste. It would also show the bad, bad actors that are out there. And there's bad actors on both sides, whether it's the utility companies and the utility locators or the contractors themselves. There's bad actors on all three sides. Now, you recently volunteered to head up this new utility infrastructure division for agc in missouri why in the world did you think that was a good idea i don't think the contractors in the state on the utility side have been very good about having their voice out there 
and that needed to happen somewhere. So rather than have a whole other organization, which I don't think is a good idea, I think the AGC is the perfect landing spot for that. And when you guys started discussing that, I was like, yeah, this needs to happen. One of the things that needs to happen on that, though, is if we do it, we need to be able to bring the help of the AGC of America in with us, and we need help as far as uh, signing on the paperwork and doing stuff like that in the white papers. Also, PCCA, I know the Power Communication Contractors Association will help us in any way. And I think our number one thing probably needs to be a one-call rewrite. And when I say that, it just needs tweaks. A lot of parts are there. They already do reporting. We just need to do reporting on everything. We also need to have a balanced board. If you look at the board in Missouri, there are all operators. When I say operators, you know, the people like Ameren or Water Districts. The utility owners themselves. The utility owners themselves. And we have zero contractors on that board. There's two advisory members as contractors and one utility locating contractors advisory member. But their voices are not, they don't count on votes. They're just there to be heard. We're not seen at the moment. And we need some teeth in that. We also need a better way. The attorney general, I do not believe, is the right spot to decide whose problem was on hits. It needs to be done through, uh, Indiana's got a very good board where it's, Utility owners, contractors, and locators. So that's how Indiana works. Indiana has more mm-hmm. of a hearing type situation yes. where you've got a group of practitioners you, involved in the decision. It can't be the same ones, you know. If, if uh, say one of my say my safety director would be on the board for deciding whose fault was who was at fault, we couldn't work on a summer at fault. Have so to you, recuse have himself to, from those decisions. So you're going to have to have some pretty good sized people that you can draw on. You know, maybe. 12 or 14 contractors that they can draw two names out of people that understand it in the same way with utilities. So people that understand it, let's look at the facts and see who's at fault. Something tells me that Indiana is pretty low on this list of states that have a lot of waste in this system. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, that system is really cool on how they got it set up on deciding who's at fault because let's face it. And it's nothing against the attorney general's office, but do you think they know, understand one call locates in the world that we live in, let's have it be judged by your peers, basically. Because there are a lot of variables there. A lot of variables. And I know that the last time we talked, there was a software program you were looking at, this DIRT, I think was the name of it, that really helps with some of this reporting, doesn't it? Yeah, so about five years ago when we got into this going to D.C., one of the groups that we got involved with at PCCA was the Common Ground Alliance, CGA. Right, and the Common Ground Alliance has an annual meeting here in Missouri, I think. Yes, and the CGA in Missouri has their meeting, and then you have the national meeting. I'm actually on the board of the CGA now on the national side as an engineering consultant or engineering seat. But what they have is dirt, and then what it is a mandatory reporting, or it's not mandatory, it's you report your hits, and if they get – Say utility locator reports one hit, we report the same hit, they look at it and they decide who's at fault. The problem with it was five years ago, it looked like 50% of the hits was contractors' fault. PCCA alone just started reporting and trying to get their subcontractors and everybody to report. We have dropped that to 32%. So a big part of the percentage is just non reporting. Non reporting. All right, who get either at the table or you're on the table. So we need to be we need to be at the table, not on it. Otherwise, we're going to get carved up, and that's what we were doing before. Sarah McGruder Lyles over at CGA, she does a very good outreach program, and she just wants to figure out what's going on. She looked at the study we did; they did, were not a part of it. She said some of it makes sense. Of course, you know everybody's got their 
take on it, but it all is for damage prevention. That's the reason the study was done, the IPC study, the Infrastructure Protection Group, but it was to set up, get people at the table to talk. And that's what we got to do. If we don't do the DIRT reporting, which DIRT is a study that's done and funded by the federal government through CGA every year. Okay. And it's a nonpartisan. They just take the information and they put it out there. It's reported every year. You can go on CGA's website, pull the DIRT report. You don't have to be a member to pull it. You also don't have to be a member of CGA to report to DIRT either. So that's not part of it. Of course, we'd like to see more members there as well. But No, I think we have a meeting for the Utility Infrastructure Division for AGC in Missouri, scheduled for January 26th yep. at Missouri State Tech in Lynn, Missouri. And Sarah is going to be there, am I correct? Yep. I was talking to her this morning about it. She will be there. And so she's going to give a good overview of DIRT and how contractors can learn about this and use it effectively. Yes, and there's some there's several different apps out there to report into DIRT that makes it very simple. That, that'll be a good, good report. It opens your eyes up when you see what happens. I think there'll be a lot of people at that meeting when they make it to, down to State Tech to visit the campus there and, and to see what all we got going on there, but also what uh, Sarah will talk about, that it'll be a great a great setup into why you should report to DIRT. Now, what is going on at State Tech? I know they've got a pretty active training program for the kind of people who you employ. Yes. Six, seven years ago, my brother got involved with State Tech East Selkirk, and his deal down there was we knew we needed broadband linemen and we were going to need broadband underground people. They had all the tools there. They had the heavy equipment operations. They had electrical linemen operations. They also got mechanics and different ones. It's a great school. There's about 2,200 students now. But they started working on a utility uh, technician class. And we have formed that class. They've had two graduating classes out of there. They're putting... 25 students a year is what they did their first two years, and they went to 50 students a year. So there's 100 students down there every year on that. And they built a $5 million building the first time, and we already had expanded another $6 million on top of it. So there's going to be about $11 million down there spent. Plus there uh, is going to be a uh, safety village. And it was a Missouri One Calls idea. And what it's going to be is basically a block built. Utilities put in the right way. Utilities put in the wrong way where they can locate some, non-locate some, and they can practice on Actual hands-on experience, hands-on not just experience. reading it out of a book. Hands-on experience. So on January 26th, I can come to this session. I can learn about the DIRT program. I can learn about what's going on with one call, and I can see what's going on at State Tech. So it ought to be a, a pretty good kickoff for what we're trying to get accomplished here. Yep, and we're going to hold it in the utility infrastructure building, the new building down there. So you'll be able to see that new building, what's been, what's been built, and what we're designing to be built. Sounds pretty exciting. What keeps you up at night going forward? What are you, What is selling rec construction looking at for the rest of 2022 and beyond? Uh, material issues are going to be huge. It's going to be as big as labor, and so is getting equipment. I was talking to some uh, manufacturers of underground equipment, and they're looking at 18 months on certain equipment to get right now. Anybody's went to order a bucket truck lately? It's mm-hmm. two years. Wow. And that's just to get you in line. And they're waiting on chassis on top of what they got now. So it is a big problem out there. I mean, normally it was always looking for people, looking for people, looking for people. Now it's people and it's equipment and it's material. Material's gone skyrocketing. Inflation's going crazy, isn't it? We had 
you know, the handholds that we set on the ground, that set in the ground, the, you know, flat boxes that everybody sees in their yard, the 24 by 36 inch, went up 62% the other day. The other day? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 62% was one day. Bingo. That's what they went up. How are you doing with the utilities as far as escalation clauses and handling it that way? Are they working with you on that or yeah a lot of our people supply their own materials so that's not an issue and then we work with them every year on pricing we've got some great great clients here in the state and that's not a real issue but the taxpayers and the users certainly see it at the, end of, see the, it the end of the year yeah well, rates are going to be going up <laughs> like everything else yes they are steve thank you so much i really encourage everybody listening to this to be there on january 26th get to talk to you get to talk to sarah get to see what's going on at missouri state tech it should be a great day and a great kickoff for the year thank you sir thanks again for listening it's easy to subscribe to ipodcast agcmo on almost any podcast platform that you use We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.